Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge. Hi, this is Canon Mark Eldridge. I'm the director of Anglican Revitalization Ministries. I was recently asked, uh, better criticized, uh, this with this question, isn't what you're teaching just rehashed boomer church growth concepts? And implied in the question slash criticism is this idea that the, the church, what really we need now is, is new ideas, is something, something new, it's uh, and fresh ideas for today, not rehashed church growth concepts. And, you know, it, as I thought about it, after I kind of took the initial blow of the criticism, I thought, well, it's actually a good question and it's worth exploring. And so on today's podcast, I want to explore this idea, this question with you. So the question is, is emphasizing church health, which will lead to church growth, which is what we teach in Anglican Revitalization Ministries, is that is that just a rehashed uh, old school church growth concepts? Just sort of uh, taking old, old school ideas, rehashing them for today. Um, and, and if so, do we need something new instead? Do we need rather than that, have new ideas, the latest new way of, of doing church growth. Uh, and as I, I thought about that, I, I'd answer both of those questions. Um, I'd answer the first one, yes, and the second one, no. As far as the, the first question, yes, the church, the church growth absolutely d- for today comes from, uh, that church growth comes from church health, and that is just a rehashed concept. Uh, the 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 idea of uh, being doing church in a way that's healthy and that healthy balance of doing church will lead to growth is not a new idea. It's been around for a long time. I'd say for uh, let's say roughly two thousand years. And and so no. On the second thing, we don't need uh, anything new. We don't need the newest way of of figuring out how to grow our churches. Um, I'd, I'd argue that. All, uh, and I've always argued that growing your church has never been about finding the, the latest, newest idea. Uh, again, some would say fab, but I don't want to be kind of straw man arguments. I, I mean, but, but, you know, we don't need the latest, newest thing. But we simply need to do the, uh, the oldest idea of how to do church well in a contextualized way for today. So it's nothing new. It's just constantly rehashing and figuring out how do we do what we've always done? How do we do what the church has always done in a way that's relevant and applicable that connects with people uh, today? And and so what do I mean by the oldest? What do I mean by rehashing old ideas uh, for today and continually rehashing those those older older church growth ideas? Well, uh, for me, I I just go back to what Jesus said. If, if the church just does what Jesus said for the church to do, and to, and do it well in a balanced way, your church will be healthy, and as a byproduct of that health, the church will grow. Um, again, Jesus summed it up pretty well uh, with the great commandment and the great commission. Uh, here's here's what I want you to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. 
The second is second great commandment is is this: love your neighbor as yourself. So love the Lord, love your neighbor, and in the Great Commission, as you know, in Matthew, Matthew's version, Matthew twenty-eight, go and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you to the very end of the age. And um, and so so in those two two scriptures, he's pretty much said, "Here's what I want you to do: do these things. And as you do these things, uh, you know that you'll be the church. And, and so if a church just simply does what Jesus said for the church to do, and and does them all in a in a balanced way, that'll be a healthy church." I first learned this idea in a in a uh, what would now be kind of a an old school boomer uh, church growth concept when I was introduced to the church uh, the purpose driven church when I was in seminary I was assigned in the in the one of our classes at Trinity uh, School for Ministry at any rate uh, and I read it and it was it was I was like oh this makes sense this is this is this makes complete sense to me. And, um, and so I was like, oh, I, I sort of adopted that. And actually, I think I mentioned this on previous podcasts, but my, my first job out in Midland, Texas, I was actually hired to, to implement the purpose-driven church concepts, which was doing church in a balanced way, uh, the way Jesus said to do it around uh, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Well, uh, and, it, and it worked. And then um, that was funny. I was right, not too long after that, uh, uh, I was at a, clergy conference of some sort and the expert you know church growth guy was brought in and this was in the episcopal church back then and i was a little skeptical at first because it was coming from the the episcopal church um and i thought well i'm not gonna trust this guy what this guy has to say but i listened at any rate but his his thing was what we really need to do now is is readopt the the, a benedictine model of of the church and do the church in in a benedictine way the way the uh, benedict's model and so he went through this whole thing and it was it was actually fine uh, i'm sure we disagreed on you know who jesus was but the point is he uh, the 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 model was actually pretty good and i was listening to it but as i listened i heard what i realized was basically what he was arguing was here's what she, the church needs to do the church needs to be balanced and have a balance of spiritual disciplines and worship and discipleship and and um and all these things, which and it was basically it was exactly the same thing as that uh, the purpose driven church was saying um, is that you got to be balanced in evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, worship, and ministry. These five things, and so and then uh, you know you start thinking about it, and you look at other things. So so uh, like I don't know, like think about what what did John Wesley and the Wesleys do in the early days of Methodism? Well, they didn't do anything new. It's just powered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they they worshipped and they gathered people in fellowship and these small class groups and uh, made disciples figure out ways to have pathways of discipleship for people. Uh, I'm sure there was service and ministry and obviously a lot of evangelism happening. So the Meth- early Methodist was just doing what the church has always done. And, and Anglican revitalization ministries, uh, we we just figured well let's just look at. What did the first church do? And you look at Acts 2, 42 to 47. So rather than, obviously, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission work just fine because this is Jesus' specific words. But you see that played out in the very first church in, in um, Jerusalem and in, in, in Acts. 
where it says, and I'm sure you know this passage well if you've been in any kind of church leadership for a while. Um, but it says, what do they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Again, so if you just in that short passage, you see what the first church did. And what did the first church do? Well, those five basic things. Those There was worship, there was fellowship, there was service and ministry to one another. There was discipleship happening, and uh, and obviously evangelism. What we see at the at the end. So my point is, uh, when you think about church growth, uh, you know, to, to criticize church growth as you know, or church growth as ideas of just being rehashed ideas, um, I, I'd want to flip that and say, Amen, absolutely. We do, what what we don't need today is to figure out what's what's the newest thing, what's the latest thing. But what our, our churches need is to do the oldest thing, uh, to, to rehash what's always been in a way that makes sense as applicable for our churches and our local communities at this time. And, you know, dealing with the cultural issues we have and COVID and whatever else we're dealing with. But how do we do what the church has always done? Worship, fellowship and love for one another, love God, love each other, uh, how do we how do we go uh, and do evangelism, make and then make disciples of people? How do we get people to be uh, uh, grow in their relationship with Christ and to become who God made them to be? How do we get people involved in service and discovering who God made them to be so that they can do what He made them to do in this life and have the significance that He created them for? So, so these are the five things the church has always done, and so it's not about. The new, it's about how do we do what's old, rehash it, <laughs> refigure it out, adapt it, adapt those things for each local church and each local church's local community. So I, I don't know, what do you think about that? Do you, I'd love to hear your feedback if you think, yeah, Mark, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. And um, and add a boy for sticking to your guns about uh, rehashing the old and, and just sticking with what Jesus always, what Jesus said and doing it in our context. Or maybe you say, you know what, you, you, I think you're off, off track. And maybe there are some newer, better ideas out there. And, and, uh, and again, I'm not saying don't use technology and other new things like that. Uh, but, but you see what I'm saying. So if you, if you agree with me, I'd love to hear from you. If you disagree with me, uh, I'd love to hear from you as well. And, and, and if there's other things out there that, that would be helpful uh, to help local churches uh, grow and have an impact for the kingdom of God in our times uh, that I don't know about. I'd love to hear it so I can share it. And if, by the way, if we're talking about this church health idea, and oh, and you can email me at mldridge at americananglican.org. It's M-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E at americananglican.org. I'd love to hear from you. But again, the, just real quick before I close here, uh, is, is if you're listening to this idea of being, being church healthy, and we talk about the vitals, these vi- this, the vital podcast, you want to be healthy in all these vital areas, these five vital areas. If you're like, I'm not sure how our church is doing, and we're 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 not maybe balanced in those in those areas. 
what a quick way to figure out how you're how you're doing about because again it's all about being balanced just doing all five areas well most churches do one or two areas um, well or strong and not three areas or maybe even four areas strong and not one area but if you, unless you have all five areas going well and doing them in a balanced way the church isn't healthy and we can talk more about that on future podcasts but if you want to know how my, how is my church doing well we have a great diagnostic tool called a church health assessment that we we offer in partnership with Asbury Seminary and if you want to go to our website at churchrevive.org uh, churchrevive .org. You can find the church health assessment there, click on it, follow the instructions, register your church, and, uh, and you can kind of get a, get a, a, like checking your vital signs at the doctor, get a, get a, get, check your vitals, your vital signs of your church's health, and you can see just on, on paper, so to speak, it'll be on computer, but you know, you'll get a, a result showing where you're strong, where you're weaker, uh, to give you an insight of where you can work on to be more balanced. And if you do that, uh, I'll get notified and we can communicate and you can, uh, I'll be happy to analyze those results with you and talk about what are some next steps for your church uh, that would help you to be healthy and see the results of that health, which would be growth. And, and part of those next steps might be to do our whole Revive program, which is involves uh, uh, weekend consultation and teaching and most importantly, follow-up coaching. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, just again, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think? Um, and uh, let's keep talking about how to help our local churches be equipped uh, to see God's kingdom come in our time, uh, which desperately needs it. Well, God bless you and look forward to talking to you on their next Vital Podcast. You've been listening to The Vital Podcast, a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.